As clever as we think we are, there's one thing that can outsmart us all, the human brain. It is as mysterious as it is mighty. Just ask Jenny Haynes. How her mind saved her life is one of the most incredible things you'll ever see. As a young girl, Jenny suffered years of unimaginable horror. To withstand it, her brain created multiple personalities. Two and a half thousand different characters took over Jenny's body to help her cope with the pain. But that's not all. This inspirational woman and her army of strangers then went to war, fighting to bring the man responsible for the torment to justice. Jenny Haynes is a woman of many parts. She is made up of a host of different people, all of whom call her body home. Many are children. Each has a job, each has a role. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I'm Symphony. And each has a personality. Oh. Good pants, thank God. Thank God for pants. <sighs> Hello. Hi, Muscles. Hi. The reason Jenny Haynes has many personalities is because she's needed to create a powerful psychological army to protect her. Okay. Hello. Hi, little Ricky. Hi. As a little girl, Jennifer Haynes was as cute as a button. But a child who, even as a toddler, stares hauntingly from family photos. Her life shadowed by a monster. Her father, Richard Haynes. My dad inflicted, chose to inflict, severe, sadistic, violent abuse that was completely unavoidable, unescapable and life-threatening. And he did this, he chose to do this every day of my entire childhood. Jenny Haynes survived what can only be described as torture by hiding inside her mind. From a very early age, she developed multiple personality disorder, or what's also called dissociative identity disorder. For years, her condition and indeed her story were met with deep skepticism. That changed earlier this year, when Jenny Haynes and her army of personalities stood in the witness box to give evidence against her father. The first time you meet Jenny and you sit down with her, it really takes a lot out of you because you're looking at one body but a number of different people within that body and it was just incredible. Sydney Detective Sergeant Paul Stamoulis met Jenny nine years ago. He would be one of the first investigators to not only believe her story but to understand 
why she needed to develop multiple personalities. The detail of what happened to her is almost beyond belief. Yes. And it did take a toll on... Um... Sorry, guys. Jenny Haynes' shocking story and her determination for justice would see investigators hunt her father down. But prosecuting him was never going to be easy because all the witnesses to the crime were in the body of Jenny Haynes. I didn't know that you're only supposed to have one personality. So I'm made people. I made people to deal with things that I couldn't deal with. Multiple Personality Disorder, or Dissociative Identity Disorder, DID, was once viewed with disbelief, including by the psychiatric profession. But now, it's not only considered a genuine medical condition, but an ingenious one. By definition, you know, the only way you get DID is to have been traumatised. Psychiatrist Dr George Blair West has been treating Jenny for over 20 years. There is nothing wrong with Jenny's human mind or any other person who suffers from DID. Their mind is just coming up with an incredibly sophisticated, clever solution to a scenario that most of us would not, could not begin to understand or relate to. In therapy sessions... You kind of understood what was going on inside your head, but yeah, didn't uh, have a name for it. Jenny's many personalities talk of the terror they faced and how they worked as a team to keep Jenny safe. We were aware of a voice that we called Jay. Mm -hmm. I mean, chilled. Chilled, yeah. Chilled mm. American voice. Okay. And if you hear the chilled American voice, it, it's... It's Jay. And... It's Jay. He would sit there, you need to get up now. You need to leave the room now. He is coming. And if he finds you, he's going to do it again. So you need to go now. Children who are subjected to significant traumas prior to the age of eight, they are able to split off parts of their mind in this way. And the thing that, that seems to push the mind to do this more than anything else is realising you have no way out. That nobody's going to come and get you. Nobody's there to save you. You're on your own. And you have to come up with a solution that is entirely of your own. So you're saving yourself. You're, absolutely. And you're doing it in this incredibly sophisticated way, which is why this condition is not an illness. From the age of four, Jenny suffered years of sickening sexual abuse. To endure the trauma, she created personalities to cope with not just the pain of her abuse, but the smells, tastes and sounds. Hello. The first personality she developed was Symphony. 
who to this day remains a four-year-old girl. Symphony did this because she loves me. That's really important. She made thousands of people to live in the world, to act, to take on things that she didn't want me to have to go through. And I think that's wonderful. You have two and a half thousand people in your army. Yes. It is an army. It's an army. It's a very good idea, that one. Yeah, I like that. Many personalities are male, like 11-year-old Judas. Judas, my name, blabbing my game. <laughs> and Muscles, a rugged and strong teenage boy. Hello. Hi, Muscles. Hi. I will meet him many times in the course of this story. Well, in my experiences, the law's a bit of an ass. So I was, shall we say, keen to get myself a gun and shove it up his backside and blast him. But Symphony says it's too fast. Another is an eight-year-old called Little Ricky who despised his designated job, which was to choose the personalities who would face her father. I hated my job and I hated hurting people because I figured I was just like Dad because I'd have to go and tap him on the shoulder and say, you're up. And I hated it. This was a job that you knew was going to hurt whoever you tapped on the shoulder. Yep. I'm sending them out to suffer the worst. And then when I think it can't get any worse, it gets worse again and I've got to send another person out to get hurt and that's no fun. And Problem is, I loved them all. All of Jenny's thousands of personalities were created to deal with her abuse. Many very transient, others fully formed. I don't make people to play. I've never made people to play. Every single person even if you are a 10-minute fragment or if you are a fully formed muscles, you have a job. You are the first person who believed me over what Dad did, so thank you for that. In his therapy session with Jenny, psychiatrist Dr George Blair West calls up some of Jenny's personalities or alters as he describes them. You there, Symphony? Hi, George. <laughs> Hello, Symphony. Hello. It's difficult to watch and hard to hear. When Dad started to abuse the little girl, I sang. And that's where everything begins. I sang, just little nursery rhymes, and made her feel comfortable. And then when he'd finished, um, I took her away and I put her in a nice, safe place with a beanbag, and I turned her so that she was facing inward 
and I replaced her. But these personalities are as real as Jenny herself. We have these people, internal people, that talk and tell, and we have these people that provide internal therapy and support networks because the outside world has let us down not once, but on almost every turn. When you call alters out, you do see a physical change, mm. you hear a different voice. If you were doing a functional EEG, you'd see, see different brainwaves as well. We should also point out, some of these alters are there to take away smell and... This is where you start to see the real sophistication of this condition. So yes, they're there to take... To, the, the alters are there to manage the distress. And part of the distress was the olfactory experience, the smell experience that Jenny would have while she was being abused. My dad smells like burning Bakelite and the most unwashed construction worker you will ever meet. He is vile. And so she created a series of alters that managed her senses so that she couldn't experience things like smell. Of her father. Of her father, yes. Now, this is something that we can't, the rest of us can't do. We have no way of, of, of literally blocking out a smell experience. Not so, Jenny. Stepping deep into Jenny's world, it becomes apparent that it's the personality little Ricky who is at the heart of her network of protectors. Can you ask little Ricky if I can say hello to her? Yep. Hello. Hi. You haven't come to arrest me, have you? I, I don't think we've spoken before. Perhaps it's little Ricky who articulates best how Jenny's mind works. It's not about the outside world at all. Sure, you have to deal with assholes like him, but you're doing it to protect yourself and you're doing it for love. An MPD is an act of love. It is not an act of mental illness or playing silly games, pretending to be other people. You are protecting yourself. You are protecting your soul. And that's what I did. I protected our soul. And I had to put people into shit positions. <clears throat> but it's a war. Coming up, it does take a toll. Convincing a detective... It's like something you've never seen before. Jenny's two and a half thousand personalities are real. He has told me he believes me. And he said, I don't think you're crazy at all. I just cried. God on Earth. That's what Paul is. God on Earth. That's next on 60 Minutes. In 2010, 
Detective Sergeant Paul Stamoulis took on a case few others would, the case that would rely on the multiple personalities of Jenny Haynes. I don't think anyone can prepare for it. It's like something you've never seen before. It's, um, it's just incredible. Jenny Haynes alleged she'd been abused by her father, Richard Haynes, ever since she was a toddler. This is a completely she documented her father's repulsive yeah. crimes yeah. in an incredibly detailed statement that was shocking even to Detective Stamoulis. When you read a document like that, does the horror of what she's alleging overwhelm you? Immensely. Immensely. It is... A lot of people that have read that document um, have been seriously affected by it. So your team looks at this and... Did anybody think, look, you know, this is all too hard? Uh, we had a bit of drive about us, the team, so um, we were fortunate to have some outstanding investigators on the investigation and we just kept on going, kept on going. And it did take a toll on... Um... Sorry, guys. That's all right. No, I'm... But Paul, I'm sorry. It's OK. Did you start that again? Sorry. No, that's yeah, quite that all right. Again. It 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 does take a toll. Yeah. It, you know, I'm new, and it took a toll on me. Mm. Um, but you had investigators who had literally had to step away because the the detail was so horrific. Yeah, spot on, spot on, and they're still away from it. During the years of her abuse, Jenny says she was ignored when she made a number of attempts to tell figures of authority. But it didn't stop her. Jenny went to extraordinary lengths to bring her father to justice. She spent 18 years at university, graduating with a degree in psychology, a master's in legal studies and criminal justice, and a PhD focusing on victims of crime. It all paid off the day Detective Sergeant Paul Stamoulis took on her case. God on legs, yes. God on legs. God on le yes, God on earth. That's what Paul is. God on earth. Fantastic. Why do you say that? <sighs> because Paul Stamoulis has believed me from the very first moment. Because not only has he believed me privately, he has told me he believes me. And he said, I don't think you're crazy at all. He said, for what you've just told me today, MPD is a perfectly reasonable response. And I, I just cried. Finally, someone believed me. Finally, somebody who was in a position that could actually impact on my dad. Given the fact that Jenny has multiple personalities. Did you doubt her story at all? The story, the seriousness of what was in front of us was immense. Any person that would hear what had happened to her 
would be absolutely blown away. So doubt didn't enter our minds, but it was just the enormity of what happened to her. And with us, it's, you know, how, how do we prove this? How do we go about proving what has happened? And how worried were you that detectives might not understand this? To be honest, I expected that it would be too hard. And when we, when we think about this condition, how psychiatry has difficulty accepting it, imagine the rest of the world trying to get their head around it. So I didn't expect it to go all the way through. I imagine, uh, from your perspective, failure on this level might have been quite traumatic again. If, if, if Jenny had been given the message, which she'd heard so many times, that she wasn't believed, but it would have been a huge, huge blow to her. Cool. George, how are you? Good, good. Great to see you. Come in. Despite the challenge ahead of them, Detective Paul Stamoulis and Jenny's psychiatrist, Dr George Blair West, became a formidable team. They knew that to give Jenny her best shot at justice, she could only tell the court her story through the voices of her multiple personalities. She knew that going into this court case, that she was going to have to let people see that and know that it could be ridiculed and know that she could be accused of putting it on and, 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 and doing that. But she also knew that this was the only way that she was ever going to share this story. And, and you know, her courage, her preparedness to do this, is incredibly unusual. Because each of Jenny's personalities dealt with different aspects of her trauma, it means she has extraordinary recall. Her memory, according to Dr Blair West, is one of what he calls her superpowers. Her first superpower is her capacity to endure pain. Her second superpower is her memory. She has a memory unlike yours or my memory. Because you see, her alters are living in different time, space realities effectively. You know, particularly those younger ones. What Jenny does is she can go to the part that was there then and that part will tell you exactly what happened like it was yesterday. It's like clicking on a folder. It, it, it's almost like being able to, yeah, click on a folder on a computer, open up and read it, you know, without, you know, any decay over a 40-year period, you know. If Jenny's memory was not enough, there was another body of evidence, her own. The physical damage done by her father's abuse is appalling. Major surgeries have had to repair her bowel, coccyx and anus. The trauma that was occasioned to Jenny's body was incredible. It's fair to say Jenny was tortured. Absolutely. In this instance, there was no physical crime scene except for Jenny. Jenny was the crime scene. Jenny was the crime scene. Jenny's body was the crime scene. And her mind. And her mind. Yeah. Coming up, this is possibly one of the most terrifying rooms in the universe. Jenny's personalities relive her chilling childhood. Oh, she was 
transitioning um, right before our eyes. And the hunt for a monster. It's one of the coldest human beings you've ever seen. That's next on 60 Minutes. And this is where he made me get on the end of the bed and I was raped by him. From the time Jenny Haynes was a toddler, her father, Richard Haynes, relentlessly abused her in the family home in Greenacre in Sydney's western suburbs. This is possibly one of the most terrifying rooms in the universe. In this police video, Jenny, clutching her childhood puppet sweep, walks Detective Sergeant Paul Stamoulis through the crime scene. It's in this house where little Jenny Haynes' mind developed multiple personalities to escape the horror of her father's abuse. Oh my God, deep breath, you can do this. Okay, it's the same. The bench? The bench is the same. Okay. I can remember, I can actually feel sitting on that. Okay. This was absolutely full. You took her back to the house. Yeah. How hard was that? Extremely hard. Extremely hard. For her, it was beyond brave. And for us, it was a, a, something that... Um, uh, I've been in a lot of crime scenes before with victims and offenders and stuff like that, but that was an experience I've never ever seen before. And why do you say that? Oh, she was transitioning... Um, right before our eyes, you know, and she was experiencing um, horror in there right before our eyes. Along this wall here was the twin tub. That's the twin tub washing machine? The twin tub washing machine, the one that he raped me over endlessly. This was an investigation that was meticulous, but painful. Which would be how many departments were It was taking years, and Jenny was exhausted. And for her father to face justice, it meant he'd have to be extradited from the UK. But in 2017, it all changed. The day that we told her that we were going to be laying indictments against her father, with the view to seek to extradite him from the United Kingdom. Um, that was a victory within her. What was her reaction? Extreme joy. And then, of course, thereafter, uh, a phone call I made with her to let her know that we were going to... that extradition had been approved. Um, that, that was an incredible moment. For me, that was a great moment, you know? Why was it a great moment for you? because it's something for Jenny, you know? All her life, this is what she wanted to do, seek justice. When you clap eyes on this man, yep. you've read so much about, mm. how do you feel? I'd rather not say. I'd rather not say. 
That's a tough moment, obviously, for an investigator who knows too much. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, here you are in the company of um, someone who the allegations at the time were things that, you know, would come out of a horror movie. Here he is right next to you, you know, you're looking at this person and, you know, so much goes through your mind. How would you describe this man? He's one of the coldest human beings you've ever seen. There's nothing there. You never felt anything from him? No. Seventy-four-year-old Richard Haynes was charged with multiple counts of rape, buggery and indecent assault. But the prosecution was now relying on Jenny and her multiple personalities to convict him. Among those prepared to give evidence were Muscles, Judas and four-year-old Symphony. In essence, Jenny came to the witness box with six witnesses. She did. Did you think this is going to be a tough one? <sighs> yeah. Because it's not been really done before. No, it's never been done. Did you worry for Jenny in the process? She was strong, you know. She was strong, she was ready. You know, this was her time and uh, it had come. When you decided to give evidence, mm -hmm. how did you decide between all of your alter personalities who was going to do and say what? We didn't. <laughs> there was we no didn't. plan? Oh, there was a plan. But you see, the plan is whoever has the right answer will come out and tell thee. On the 21st of February this year, Jenny Haynes fronted the New South Wales District Court. Tell me what it was like walking into that courtroom. Um, oh, we had so many feelings about that. We walked in the first day um, and Jenny walked in. Um, this was before we got to testify. So we walked in and it was a sense of relief. At last, after nine and a half very long years, we've got here. Whatever happens now is a bonus. We got here. In its simplest form, this is a story about uh, a child who was horrifically traumatised and was able to have her day in court. The complexity was that a number of parts <laughs> of one person turned up to tell the story. That's and, a first, and, isn't and it? And these parts are the ones who are as sophisticated and capable as you or I, and they, they all deal with different aspects of the proceedings and different parts of the story, but they were ready to deliver a comprehensive, balanced, 
accurate account of what had happened to them in the pursuit of her justice. And when Jenny took her place in the witness box, the first of her multiple personalities, four-year-old Symphony, began telling her story. Did you finally feel a sense of legitimacy? Yes, we felt validated. And you're in the witness box for a total of two hours? A total of two hours. Are you looking at your dad? I haven't stopped looking at him. Um, Did he we, look at you? We have testified straight to him. Once she started to give evidence in the way that was the best way for her to give evidence, I think he realised that, um, you know, it was time to make some admissions. Coming up... Jenny takes her personalities to court. I'd like him to go to jail for a very, very long time. Her incredible bravery. But somebody deep inside was crying, not crying hysterical. And a victory for everyone. It was Jenny's day. I want him to walk into prison with everybody knowing what he did. Fuck up. That's next on 60 Minutes. In February this year, Jenny Haynes stood in the witness box in the New South Wales District Court with her army of personalities to give evidence against her father, Richard Haynes, who had so horrifically abused her. Four-year-old Symphony was the first to speak. And within a few hours, Richard Haynes crumbled. The man who destroyed Jenny's young life pleaded guilty to his heinous crimes. Actually, uh, when they said he, was, he wanted to plead guilty, on the Wednesday we cried. I can't tell you why we cried, but somebody deep inside was crying and crying hysterically. Oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. It was... Um... I think in her life that day was freedom. Do you have any sense of, after all this time, what that must be like? Oh, absolutely, because you see it in her. You know, this was a great day. It was a great day because it was Jenny's day. As a child of sexual abuse, Jenny was entitled to anonymity but it would have also protected her father's identity. And I didn't want a 74-year-old man was in court today. I wanted Richard John Haynes was in court facing 75 charges in relation to rape, sodomy and sexual abuse of his daughter, Jennifer Margaret Linda. I wanted that story said. I want him to walk into prison no, with everybody knowing what he did. Jenny decided she wanted the world to know her story. I'd like him to go to jail for a very, very long time. And I hope that every moment in jail is as uncomfortable and as traumatic as my childhood was. 
Richard Haynes will be sentenced next week. He'll not only learn what punishment awaits him, but he'll also hear from his daughter. I want my words banging in his head until he's dead. Jenny has prepared for the court her victim impact statement, and she's left nothing out. He heard me beg him to stop. He heard me cry. He saw the pain and the terror he was inflicting on me. My life has been devastated by his selfishness. I've paid an enormous price for his depraved sexual desires. To date, I've been the one paying the price. Please, Your Honour, can you finally place the responsibility where it belongs, on Richard John Haynes, and send him to prison for a very long time? Bucker. Coming up. Oh, I think she's the greatest person I've ever seen. Really? She's incredible, mate. What happens to Jenny's army? You're going to reclaim your life. The thousands of strangers who saved her. Well, it's yours now. It's mine. What do I want? That's next on 60 Minutes. Jenny Haynes, a woman who survived unspeakable abuse by creating an army of multiple personalities, spent almost a lifetime being disbelieved. But her successful quest in the courts to bring her father to justice has not only validated her condition, but opened the legal channels for others like her to tell their stories. It is an extraordinary moment in law, isn't it? It is, yeah, it is, very much so. It's a, great, it's a great moment, it's a great moment, because it opens the doors now. Of all the things you see of her, is there one thing that stands out for you about this extraordinary woman? Oh, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's her resilience, or to use another word, it's, it's the survival of hope. I, I don't know how a human goes through that and still has hope and still fights on and still goes looking for help and then takes it as far as they can possibly take it. Has it changed you? Oh, from the beginning. From the beginning, it's changed. I think um, it's impacted on every person who has had part of this investigation, hugely, I mean, in a number of different ways. You know, it's, um, it's changed me greatly, as it has many other people. If you had to describe Jenny to someone, uh, how, how do you do that? I think about this a lot. I think about this a lot, and uh, I think she's the greatest person I've ever seen. Really? And what makes you say that? The strength, power, you know, determination. She's incredible, mate. Oh, I just wanted to go out and smell the roses and enjoy the rest of her life, because that's what it's all about. Hmm. When 49-year-old Jenny Haynes came to court, 
Her life had been all but destroyed. But no more. She's making plans for her future, taking a holiday and furthering her education. Jenny Haynes is getting on with life. I want to travel and I want to make memories that they can't, they can't wipe away the past. But it's time now for good stuff. It's time now to enjoy. And if I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to do it. You're going to reclaim your life. I'm having my life. Let's hope it's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yours now. It's mine. And my life now is about what do I want? What is it that makes me want to get out of bed in the morning and go and do something? And I want to do it. That's a good ending. And more than that, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Hello, I'm Liz Hayes. Thanks for watching. To keep up with the latest from 60 Minutes Australia, make sure you subscribe to our channel. You can also download the Nine Now app for full episodes and other exclusive 60 Minutes content.